Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, how to donate, and how to find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael teaching in Galatians chapter 1, verses 11 through 17, called Set Apart to Reveal His Son. Galatians 1, we're going to begin in verse 11, set apart to reveal his son. So once you locate the text, if you're physically able to stand, would you stand for the reading of God's word? Galatians 1, verse 11. Galatians 1, 11. For I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel, Galatians 1, 11, which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you've heard of my former manner of life in Judaism, how I used to persecute the church of God beyond measure and try to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries among my countrymen, being more extremely zealous for my ancestral traditions. 15. But when God who had set me apart even from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away to Arabia and returned once more to Damascus. You may be seated. Father, thank you for your living word. Thank you for the stories of grace that fill the pages of Scripture and that fill the pages of world history. Uh, Throughout the centuries, you have called unexpected people to heights that they never would have known save the call of God in their lives. You took fishermen and shepherds and men who were persecutors of the church like Paul unexpected channels of grace and you saved them and you called them and you used them to extend the gospel in surprising ways. Each of us who are here this morning have a story of grace. Those of us who are saved, we, we realize the depths from which you saved us. And even if we don't have what we call a radical testimony, conversion to the living God is always a beautiful, miraculous event. And Lord, we're just grateful for it. And we're grateful for what follows that conversion, that you use our life for great purposes that not only have to do with this time, but have to do with eternity. How can we begin to thank you for this great salvation, Lord? Only to say that we are humbled and that we are just uh, in awe of how much you've loved us. Even from the foundation of the world, you loved us and you called us. There are some great mysteries here, but we're just going to just lean into you this morning, celebrate our salvation, look at the incredible ways that you use people, and I pray that what you want to say to your people, Lord, would come through clearly, we'd be encouraged, we'd be challenged, and we'd be more equipped to be ambassadors of this great message of hope in Christ. In his name we pray, all God's people said. Amen. God does use unexpected people. That's why I'm standing here uh, today at a pulpit. 
Uh, I was uh, a young man who grew up in a uh, Roman Catholic Italian family, and I had heard some truths about the God of the Bible from early childhood. I had a praying grandmother uh, who would often bring me into her bedroom, and we would pray about things, and she had a statue of Jesus there, and uh, we would often kneel and we would pray. But as uh, I grew up, there was a lot of turmoil in my household. Uh, my mom went through some serious bumps and bruises. Dad left when I was four years old. Many of you have heard that story before. And so as that happened, the, the family had some traditional beliefs. They got me through some foundational things. And then we just pretty much stopped going to church. And I was about 12 or 13 at that time. Went into the formative years of junior high and high school. And I will say that just being influenced by peer pressure, uh, having a missing father figure in my life, uh, just, you know, doing some sadly typical things that boys do, and then kind of carrying that into high school, I just totally got away from God. I got away from the foundations I was taught, and I made some, you know, what I would call some, some pretty major mistakes. Now, they wouldn't be maybe surprising mistakes to most of us who have our own bumpy story before we came to Christ, but I did a lot of the typical things, uh, have, have some pretty good regrets of those years, and uh, I was invited to a Bible study when I was about 20 or 21 by a woman who was attending a Calvary Chapel. With my uh, Italian Catholic background, when I went into that uh, Monday evening Bible study at Calvary Costa Mesa, I was so blown away by Christian church and worship. I don't remember one thing that was spoken that evening. It was Chuck Smith. He sat on a step, opened his Bible. I was just too busy looking around, <laughs> trying to figure out where these people were coming from with Hawaiian shirts and acoustic guitars and uh, just things that I wasn't used to. Some of the services I went to were in Latin. They were very formal uh, and I just, I just didn't get it. In fact, I think I spent about half that church service trying to figure out a, a, a exit plan, but it was very long pews and there was no gracious way to get out, but I was very uncomfortable. That's what I remember. About a year later, um, my cousin was playing on a slow-pitch softball team, and it was, a, it was a church team, and they invited me to play, and I was nursing a, a knee injury. I was trying to chase a, a professional baseball career. I got injured. My cousin said, well, while you're healing, why don't you come and play on our church slow-pitch team? We'll just put you at first base, and you can come out and play. And you know, sure enough, it was a group of Christians and uh, it didn't take long until I was playing shortstop for them, and they were inviting me out to pizza, and then they kept inviting me to church. And a long story short, uh, I wandered into a little church in the city of Orange. This is in the late 80s. Heard the gospel message, and my, my wife and I walked down together to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. I can tell you that from the time that I walked forward at that altar call, uh, it wasn't long until I felt an undeniable tug into the ministry. Now, that would take shape over a period of years, and uh, I would become an elder at 26. Um, I would become the pastor of evangelism. But this all happened through the 90s. And I was the guy at the church that everybody knew eventually Michael's going to go somewhere and pastor because I, I just had this zeal, this, this passion for God. Can I get a woo? Thanks, Paul. Anyway. So I'm saying all that just so you know a little bit of my own personal testimony because today is a little bit about that. 
But I will tell you this, that even with that tug, I had a lot of garbage and uh, stuff in my life that God was working on little by little. I was not one of those overnight conversion stories where I could tell you that after I walked down the aisle, every hang up and every sin and every struggle that I had just instantaneously disappeared and I was now on fire for the Lord. No, it was a, it was a great struggle. Because I knew in my heart that God was calling me to something higher, but I had all this stuff that I had done through those formative years. And so for me, it was little by little, one by one, God would put something before me and say, I want this out of your life so I can use you more effectively. And I would struggle and I would wrestle with it and I would try to release it to God. And eventually my falls into my old sins started to spread out farther and farther and farther until finally those things were behind me. But I will tell you this, it was a struggle. It was, uh, it was not easy. Uh, I tried to go back to the world multiple times. And so just so you know who this preacher is, who preaches to you every week, I was not, you know, I didn't, I wasn't on the fast track to become a preacher. You know, it wasn't my dream when I was seven years old. I'm going to be a pastor someday. In fact, when my wife met me, she had no idea what was going to happen. She didn't know that she would end up being married to a pastor because when she met me, I was pretty much living in the world and so was she. And we both got saved at the same time and the changes happened in our lives at the same time. So we saw each other, you could say, at our worst and at our best. And God is still doing a work in our lives. 30 years of marriage later, God is still doing a tremendous work in our lives. Thank you. (laughs) All glory to him. God uses unexpected people. That's one of my encouragements to you this morning. And I wrote in my notes, why did the Lord choose Saul, who became Paul? Why this man becoming the main spokesman of the gospel of grace in the first century? Well, I think it's partly because God loves to use unexpected people. But I also think it's partly because Paul knew what it was like to be religious, to be committed to the outward keeping of the law. In fact, in Philippians 3, 6, he says, When it comes to the outward measurements of the law, I was blameless. Paul was very zealous for his ancestral traditions. He was a religious man. There was only one problem. He didn't know God. And it's possible to be religious, to be driven by man-made concepts or traditions. And here's what happened in Paul's case. Paul was a Pharisee. So over the centuries, a lot of writings came forth that added to the Old Testament law. The law is hard enough to keep, but when you add man's traditions to it, it becomes even more difficult. And so the rabbis would write, and they wrote a lot of information captured in the Midrash and the Talmud and writings like this. And it was, it was layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. So that what it produced in people who actually attempted to keep these writings was pride. And Paul was a prideful man. And he was so zealous for his ancestral tradition, which you know, is captured in our translations as Judaism, that he was driven to destroy the church. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Again, that's Step Closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer, and you can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Thank you. (laughs) All glory to him. God uses unexpected people. That's one of my encouragements to you this morning. And I wrote in my notes, why did the Lord choose Saul, who became Paul? Why this man becoming the main spokesman of the gospel of grace in the first century? Well, I think it's partly because God loves to use unexpected people. But I also think it's partly because Paul knew what it was like to be religious to be committed to the outward keeping of the law. In fact, in Philippians 3, 6, he says, when it comes to the outward measurements of the law, I was blameless. Paul was very zealous for his ancestral traditions. He was a religious man. There was only one problem. He didn't know God. And it's possible to be religious, to be driven by man-made concepts or traditions. And here's what happened in Paul's case. Paul was a Pharisee. So over the centuries, a lot of writings came forth that added to the Old Testament law. The law is hard enough to keep, but when you add man's traditions to it, it becomes even more difficult. And so the rabbis would write, and they wrote a lot of information captured in the Midrash and the Talmud and writings like this. And it was, it was layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. So that what it produced in people who actually attempted to keep these writings was pride. And Paul was a prideful man. And he was so zealous for his ancestral tradition, which you know, is captured in our translations as Judaism, that he was driven to destroy the church. When Paul realized that the commandment that he was trying to keep was much deeper than outward uh, you know, dress and diet and fasting and that kind of thing. He was a broken man. If you've ever read Romans 7, Paul says the problem is not the law. The law is righteous and holy and good. The problem is me. Paul says, when I realized that the depth of the law, just think about the Ten Commandments, actually looked into my heart. 
It was not whether or not I had killed a man with my hands or I had committed the act of adultery. It had to do with my way of thinking, my motives. It had to do with uh, things when I'm at home and nobody's watching or I'm traveling and I'm in a hotel room. That's where the law goes. The law is not just concerned about how you look on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or how you look at a prayer meeting. The law goes to deep layers. See, God wants to know what you're like in that hotel room, what you're like at home when nobody's watching. And here's the reality for all of us. When we realize that the law goes that deep, that the law is a searchlight, we realize how short we fall of keeping it. We realize how quickly our thoughts can go this way, how quickly we can, we can have our motives be in question, how pride so easily can slip into what we do. We can look back on a situation and ask ourselves, why did I do that? Why did I act that way? Why did I come across that way? And often, if you're like me, my motives are in question because I know that everything is naked and open before the one to whom I will one day give an account. And I want to be clean in the inward parts. I don't want to just put on a show for people. I want to know God and have what comes out of me be a consequence of what he's doing in me. But I will tell you, that is such a struggle. It's such a battle. It is, it is you know, con confronting sometimes the ugliest parts of all of us. See, Paul realized in Romans 7, and just write this down for your notes. You can look at, really, from verse 7 to verse 25, that the law just exposed who he was. And Paul needed to come to the grace of Christ just like everybody else. And so the Lord saved Paul. He called Paul. He used Paul. And what the Lord did in Paul, he wanted Paul to produce in other people. Flip ahead to Galatians 4. Look at verse 19 for a second. Galatians 4.19, Paul says these words. He says, my children, Galatians 4.19, with whom I am again in labor until what happens? Until Christ, Galatians 4.19, is formed in you. See, when Paul planted a church, it wasn't just about people getting saved, as incredible and miraculous as that is. It was about people being discipled until Christ is formed in you. Romans 8.29 says we're being conformed into the image of Christ. When Jesus gave the great commission to the church, he said, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. That is going to be a process, folks. And part of what we need to do as Christians is rest in the fact that we're given grace every day and God knows that it's a process. Sanctification, the big word that we hear in church, is a process. But I will say to you that you have a part in that process. Even though God's working, he wants you to yield to his ways. He wants you to understand how much you and I need grace every day. And so Paul says, Galatians 1.11 I would have you know, Galatians 1.11, brethren, he's speaking now to family of God. This is Adelphoi in Greek. It's the idea of brothers. I would have you know, Galatians 1.11, I want to make known to you, brothers or brethren, that the gospel, the good news of Jesus, which was preached by me to those Galatian churches we studied in the first lesson or together, or the first sermon, by me is not 
according to man. The gospel which was preached by me, you could say to you, is not according to man. Now before we jump into verse 11, verse 10 we saw as a transitionary verse. And Paul talked about these words. He said, now, uh, for am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. I just want to say something to you about this. One of the big things for me is that happened along this journey that I described to you very briefly is that the Lord confronted me on several occasions and said to me, as close as I can get to an audible voice, Michael, do you want to serve me or not? Who are you most concerned about pleasing? Because, you know, we're, when we're with our buddies and everything, we're all concerned about what everybody else thinks about us. And I just want to throw this out to you as a question. Have you made up your mind who you are? Have you made up your mind what you actually want to live for? Are you willing to live with the consequences, whatever they may be, with your friends and family, because you've made up your mind that you've been called and set apart by Jesus Christ? Once you do that, it becomes very freeing. Because now you don't have to worry about all the other stuff. Because a lot of us, whether we really think this through or not, we're sometimes stalled out by the opinions of others. We're so worried about what so-and-so might think or how so-and-so might react or what will they think. You know, I used to make fun of Christians and now I'm one of them. What would this buddy think or that buddy think? You see, you have to decide. Are you going to serve Christ? Do you want to be used by him? Are you going to stop with the people-pleasing stuff and become a God-pleaser? That's something we all have to do. We have to set aside being driven by the approval of men and we need to say, Lord, I want to please you. That's no easy task because peer pressure is very real for all of us. Now, Paul gets to the origin of his message. He says, I want you to know this is a strong Greek word, which means this is A1 certified, you could say. It's a disclosure formula. I want you to know, says Paul, that the gospel I preached is not something man made up, if you have the NIV. The gospel that I preached is not something man-made up. It has divine origin. I wrote this in my notes. It comes from the Father who so loved us, John 3.16, that he sent his Son. It comes from Jesus who gave himself up for me, loved me, and gave himself up for me, died on the cross for me. And it comes from the Holy Spirit, Titus 3.5, who saved us, God saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing and regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. This gospel that saved me is something that comes from the triune nature of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God loves you. That's why Jesus came. This is the gospel. And it's not something man made up. It's something that comes from a divine source. Namely, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Have you heard this before? Oh, the Bible's just something that a group of men made up and, and just to help people feel better about their lives. Oh, I, I will tell you that sometimes the gospel doesn't make me feel better about my life at all. <laughs> Amen? Look, if I was gonna write this story, I would write it quite differently. And I would probably write it with some things that you know, our measurables, like, okay, if you do these eight things, you can know that you're good, you know. No, 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 that's not the Bible's story. 
The Bible makes you and I totally dependent on the sacrifice of another and totally dependent on the power of another. And that's where a lot of us have our problem because we're so independent, so self-driven. That's why the cults, when they reach into people's lives and they give them you know, 10 things or 15 things that you can do, they're so effective because it pe- appeals to something within me that says, oh, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. I can leap tall buildings in a single bound. At least I used to be able to. I can, I can do it. I can do it. And if I can dot those I's, if I can have my list, cross those T's, then I'm good, right? Wrong. That's not what the gospel teaches. The gospel's divine origin tells you that you and I are in so much trouble that we needed a rescue mission from God himself. You've been listening to Set Apart to Reveal His Son, Part 1 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 1, 11 through 17. And remember, you can watch the video of this message on walkintruth.com. Hey, are you on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter? Could you give us a friend or a like or a follow and maybe tell us where you're listening from? We'd love to hear from you here at the show. So go ahead and do a search for Walk in Truth Show on any of the social media platforms and let's connect. One more thing I'd like to mention is that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation is really appreciated by everyone here at the show. So please give your donation at walkintruth.com. Join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter one called Set Apart to Reveal His Son. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.